Okay, uh, good morning. Chag uh, Zameach. Today's shir is Le'ilunishmas Yehudis Bashmul. And also Shulamit Bas Ben Sion Mordechai. And Yitzchak Berebi Yechezkel. And Rus Bat Yekutiel HaKohen. Today's daf is daf Ein Zayin. 77. You're going to go right from the bottom of 76b. Um, just to get back into it, the Mishnah that we started in New Perik was, was mentioning different amounts of a liquid, of liquids, that if you carry them, you how much, what's the minimum amount of certain liquids to carry them to be chayav. So the first one mentioned was, Kedei mezigas hakois, enough to pour a cup of wine, to um, enough to dilute in a cup of wine. Remember, their wine was quite potent, quite concentrated, and therefore they used to um, they used to dilute it before they would drink it. Now, but that's still very vague. We've got, I guess, two questions we need to know. We need to know what's the ratio, what's the dilution, and the second question we need to know is what size cup are we talking about? It's all very well to say how much you dilute, but are you going to dilute it, dilute it one to two? Three, uh, one, two, three, one, two, you know, what's your dilution going to be? And then also, are we talking about a coffee mug or are we talking about a shot glass? You know, so what size are we talking about here? So we brought a bracer, which basically we used to explain that, explain for us that we're talking about enough for a koisel bracha. And we brought, and one of the Amoraim explained to us, Rav Nachman explained to us in the name of Rav Paravua that it was a roiver, how much do you dilute it? Three parts to one. So it comes out as roiver avias. To be liable for carrying wine on Shabbos, uh, this raw wine, it's a roiver avias, one quarter of a quarter of a log. Remember, avias means a quarter, of, and it's referring to a quarter of a log, and so it's one quarter of that. Now, Omar Rava, Af Ananamitanina. Rava says we can actually work that out from our Mishnah. I, I don't need any additional. Uh, Amorayim, it's clear from our Mishnah. Hamoitzi yayin, hamoitzi yayin, kois, It says if you carry enough wine to dilute in a cup of wine, and the price explained to us a kois yofe, which we know must be a kois brocha, viktani sefer, and the sefer comes along and teaches of our Mishnah and says, Vishar kolamashkim all other liquids in a revius. So it makes sense. What size are we speaking about? Enough to make a revius. Once the Torah comes along and tells, once the Mishnah tells us that all drinks to be li- all other drinks to be liable is a revius, it makes most sense that when we're speaking about raw wine, it's enough of a concentrate to make a revius. So Verova Latame, and this is all Rova Conti's reason to Amarova Kol Hamra Deloy Dorial Chad Tlas. So this works out. Now remember, we said that, so we've answered one question. We've answered that it must be the size of, to make up a revise. But we haven't answered the question at what rate are you diluting it? Oh no, so this is based on another teaching of Rava. That's why Rava didn't need uh, special teaching to tell us. This is a Rava Latayma. Any wine that is not diluted Three parts water to one part one is not considered one.
So we see Rav always holds that it has to be a three to one dilution. So therefore we definitely, and then he says it must be a revius because that's how, to make up a revius because that's how much you liable for drinks. And therefore he, we work out, we know that how much wine do you have to carry to be liable? One quarter of a revius. Now Omar Rabbi says, I have two issues with that, with that, with that, with that teaching. That we don't need it from the Mishnah. And they're not arguing on the halacha. Everyone agrees on the halacha. It's just Abai says you can't work it out from our Mishnah. It says, Chada, firstly, the Tanan we learned in our Mishnah, Vahamozuk shnei chelke yayin ve'echod yayin mina yayin hasharoni. If you dilute it with two parts water and one part wine from sharoni wine. Now, um, what's that? Referring, um, what do we see? That the dilution of one is two parts water to one part one from that Mishnah. We'll see a bit later. I'll mention what that Mishnah is going on. I'll mention, yeah, that Mishnah is discussing. I don't know if you remember in Maseches Nida, we learned that there are five different appearances of blood that are tome, that are considered damnida. If they have a different color, then they're not considered, um, then it's not damnida, it's some other dam. Now, one of those colors was, if you have Sharoni one, that's diluted two parts to one. Two parts water to one part one. That color is the color, that color is a damnida. So, Roberts, but we see from there that the dilution of one is not three to one, it's two to one. Void and secondly, are you going to tell me that there's water elsewhere in a jug and it joins? Because what was Roberts' seconds for her? Rava said that I must refer to a quarter of a revius because that's the amount that would make up a revius with water. Like all other drinks, just as if you're carrying Coke, it would have to be a revius. So to this wine must be enough that when you mix it with water, it's a revius. Ma says, but the water's in a jug somewhere else. The water's in the tap. So how can you come along and say, this person is chayvachatis because he's carrying enough wine that if you made mixed it with other water, it would be a shear of a revius. That's a issue. He says, that's not, that's not logical. And therefore, so that's why Abaya says, you actually can't work it out from our Mishnah. He says, Rava said to him, Hod, he says, nah, I have explanations. It's this that you asked me a question on the rate of dilution because we said that it, you dilute the one, you dilute it two parts water to one part. May, Sharoni one is different because it's weaker. A normal one, you dilute one part one to three parts water, but Sharoni one, which is weaker, you dilute two to one. One part wine to two parts water. It says, He says, There it's for appearance, whereas here it's for taste. And maybe for taste you need more. I what's the, remember, what's the context of that Mishnah that says you dilute this wine, one part wine to two parts, uh, one part Sharoni wine to two part water? That's to see the color to compare it to dam to determine whether it's dam nida. But that's for what it looks like. Here our discussion is, what does it taste like? Is it the sort of wine that you would drink? So maybe the dilution for appearance regarding Hilchus nida and the dilution for nice tasting wine is very likely to be different. So Robert says, um, I'm not phased by what you said. Now we go on to another halacha 
regarding yeah now so okay so it comes out i mean it seems everyone agrees on the point that it's one part of one it's when the missioner taught that you're liable for carrying out one how much one is it it's one quarter of a reviews which is how much you would dilute to make up a kosher bracha. So that's the minimum significant amount of wine because that's what you would keep for next time you bench. Next time you need to say kiddush, you'd keep that amount of wine because you're just going to put it in the cup and add water to it, dilute it in water, and you'll have the right um, wine. Now we say, Tana Yovesh. What happens if the wine congealed? She says, Bekazayis, then you measure it as a kazayis. So if you have a kazayis of congealed wine, that's considered a significant amount. And if someone carried it on Shabbos, they would be liable. Divrei Rebbe Noson, that's Rebbe Noson's opinion. Omar Rabbi Yosef, Rebbe Noson, for Rebbe Yosef, for Rebbe Yehuda, Omar Dovar Echod. Rabbi Yosef tells us that this teaching of Rebbe Noson and another teaching of Rebbe Yosef, Rebbe Yehuda, is actually the same thing. Rebbe Noson, Hod Omar, the teaching of Rebbe Noson, as we've just said, that congealed wine, when it's a kazayis, if it's a concise of congealed wine, that's how much if a person would carry, he would be liable to. Um, yeah, Rashi explained the reason. I didn't mention it. The reason is because if it's a kazayas of congealed wine, it must have originally been a revise. And they worked out what's the rate of, I guess, I don't know what would you call it, evaporation of the liquid that the wine congeals into a kazayas. The original amount must have been a revise. And that's so therefore, if you were reconstituting it, you'd mix it with revius again. And you'd mix it with water to make revius. It's, it's enough wine to make revius. That's why it's choshuv. Um, so and where do we see Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda? Where do we see Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda that holds for this halacha, that something that's revius, that's, that's when it's liquid, it's revius, when it is Yavesh, when it's congealed, it will be a kazayis. Says the Tanya, we learned in the Brisa, Rabbi Yehuda, I'm Rabbi Yehuda, says, Shishud varim mekula beishamai umechum, Rabbi Yehuda, there are six things that are, beishamai are more lenient, and beishilal are stricter. Now Rashi points out, this is not that there are only six things. What this is, this is basically from Maseches Edios. Remember Edios, on that, on that day, they, all the different sages stood before the Sanhedrin, and they testified Idiot, they testified about different traditions they had to try um, determine and what's it, finalize certain halachic debates. So they testified about certain. So Rabbi Yossi Rabbi testified that he knew of six cases where the halacha, where Beishamai was stricter than Beishilah. So he's not speaking about all the cases, it's just his, um, his testimonies that he's mentioning. Now one of them, one of them was Beishamai say the dam, the blood from an avela is tahor, and Beishilal say it's tome. What do we mean? We know that the flesh of the avela, if you have an animal that died without shchita, whether it died of natural causes or was killed without shchita, it is called an avela. That avela is an avatuma. What about the blood of an avela? So Beishamai said it's Tohor, it's not considered the flesh of an availer which is Tomei, and Beishilal said it's Tomei. And Omer Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda said, Afka shetimu Beishilal loy timu ele badam sheyesh bo revius. Hoel v'yochel likroj v'lamod al-kazayis. 
And this, that Beis Hillel say that dam of an Avela is Tomei, is specifically if it is a, if it was a reverse of dam, because when it congeals and is like the flesh, it will be a Kazayas. But that's the important point for us. We see that when something is in liquid form and it congeals, it goes into a Kazayas. So, I mean, interestingly, it's a little bit backwards, because by the Nevela, we the significant amount is a Kazayas, a Kazayas of, of Nevela, Kazayas of corpse flesh. So, how much blood would be a Kazayas congealed? So, that would be a reverse. But by one, it was the other way around. It was, if you have a Kazayas of Congealed one, you know that it was reversed. But both of them we see hold for this ratio. That if you have a liquid that congeals, it's going to congeal to from a reverse to a kazayas. So the Gemara says, no, Malohi. Not necessary. They don't necessarily hold for the for the same opinion. Why he says, the boy the college. Maybe Rabbi Nason said this that you actually that a kazayas would be a full reverse. Is by uh, it would go up to the big size of a reverse that would be by one which is more thin. Aval bedam the samich, but by blood which is thicker, kazais lobo reverse. Maybe for a for enough liquid to make a kazais would not necessarily be a reverse. I'm trying to think a a kazais. I mean, we change an olive size. I'm trying to think how many in uh, in mils that would be equivalent to. I think they say it's. I don't remember offhand, but I think a, uh, a reverse we say is an egg and a half, and a kazayas is something like a half or two and a half kazayas. Two, um, your know, two and a half kazayas make up an egg size, so kazayas is significantly smaller than a reverse. So maybe by one which is quite liquidy, there when it congeals, it's going to congeal. You need to, a kazais would be a full reverse. But blood which is already thicker, it's not. If you have a kazais, it's only to get liquidy, it's only going to need a little bit more than a kazais. Not as much as a reverse. Inami, um, alternatively, I'd can loco ama rebiosi rebiuda, or some the kazais gab sagi labor reverse, elabidam de summit. Maybe rebiosi rebiuda holds this that a reverse goes into a kazais. Is. By blood which is thick. in the college, Kazayas have a Yosemirivius. But maybe if you have congealed wine which came from wine which was very thin, if you it would need to be to come from much more than an actual reverse. So not necessarily. And therefore if someone carries out even less than a Kazayas of congealed wine, he would be Chayev. Chattas for carrying on Shabbos. Okay, so that's the second sugya. How much wine would you have to carry to be liable if the wine is congealed? And at least the straightforward, the, the simple answer that the Gemara took for granted at first was Rabbi Nossin's teaching that it's a Kazayas. Now the Mishnah said, Chalav How much milk would you have to carry to be Chayav? Now, obviously, we would expect a reverse, because that's with all drinks, but milk was used a little bit as a refuah, and therefore it would be a smaller sh- a smaller amount, just enough to swallow. Um, 
So Iboilehu, they ask just regarding this word, this term swallow, is Kadei Gemi'ah or Kadei Gemi'ah? Gemi'ah, I don't know. Is it spelt with an Aleph or spelt with an Ayin? I mean, interesting enough, we pronounce our Alephs and Ayins the same. But really it seems that they're supposed to be pronounced quite differently. The Aleph is a soft Aleph, how we pronounce it. And the Ayin should be closer to a Gimel, more guttural. Not an, not an actual gimel, that's a gimel, but more, a more guttural ah sound. But often it seems that even in the, in the times of the, Bab- the Babylonian Talmud, people weren't pronouncing them so distinctly, or maybe even nowadays it's not so distinct. Um, so therefore, they wanted to know, how do you spell gimia? Give me a little bit of water to drink from your jug. And it's spelt with an aleph. So we see that you spell it with an aleph. Once we mentioned how to spell this word, we're going to ask a few other words. So Yiboyla, who, and interestingly enough, most of them are to do, if I remember correctly, they're all to do with Alma Sechta. Garinim or Garinim? Garinim or Garinim? I don't know, something like that. Is it, do you spell pits or dates? Remember, we learned at the end of last Perik that when you're measuring the amount of food, it's a grogeres but you minus the pits and dates, do you spell that word with an aleph or an ayin? So Omar Rabbarula says, you will detract from your value. I with the pits detract from the fruit, so it makes sense that it's spelled with ayin. Iboilehu, oimemos or oimemos? Is it partially extinguished coals? Is that word spelled with an aleph or an ayin? So Omar Yitzhak Baravdimi, the cedars will not dim in the garden, or he will not be dimmed by the cedars in the garden of Hashem. But we see Amamos with the iron is dimmed. Is it when it speaks about closing the eyes of the deceased later on, or you're allowed to do that on Shabbos, is that with an Aleph or an Ayin? Rabbi Chiyabar Abba says, and in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, he closes his eyes from seeing evil. So what do we see? Or from noticing the evil? Um, okay. Um, so we see that um, it's uh, um, we, we see that it's spelt with an ayin. Now we're just going to qualify the Mishnah's ruling again with a milk. So he says, If someone swallows, if someone carries enough milk, the, the, um, um, the milk of a, a behemoth, of an animal, the amount that he could swallow, or or the amount of uh, woman's milk, breast milk, or the white of an egg, enough to uh, mix into this eye ointment, or kilor loshuf or eye ointment that you could enough to mix with water, that's when you would be chayev. Um, again, so these amounts, so again, this that the Mishnah said, if you, the amount of milk to be carried is the amount that would be swallowed, is specifically by animal's milk. But breast milk, they would often use it, it seems, in an eye ointment. So how much would you use, how much breast milk would you use in an eye ointment? 
That's the amount. If you carry breast milk, how much you'll be liable? I'm assuming, we, I'm assuming it's less, but I'm not actually sure, than what a baby would swallow, um, which would be, I guess, the next significant amount of, that you would consider. And it would be the same thing with the white of an egg. And also we mentioned that enough water to mix in with this, if it's enough kilo that you'd mix with water to put on an eye, then it would be high for carrying. So it's boy Ravashi, Kadei Shifo O Kadei is it the amount, just the amount that gets rubbed on the eye? Or is it also the amount that gets stuck to the finger? I know if you're going to put on a cream on a wound or an eye ointment, you're going to dip your finger into the thing and you're going to rub it on your eye, but you're going to be left with some on your finger. So is that included in the shear or excluded from the shear? And teiku, kadachiz of shifa, teiku, and they leave that unresolved. Okay, next point in the Mishnah was the Vashkadai Litan Alakotit. Enough honey, how much honey are you liable for carrying? If it's enough honey to smear over the wound, I far less than a review. It says Tana, we learned in the Brice, Kadai Litan Alpiakotit. That's to put on the actual wound. Boy Ravashi and Ravashi asked, Alkotis, Apuma de Kula Kotis, Oidilma Amursakama de Kotis. When it says on the when it says to put on the wound, does it mean on the like whole wounded area? I let's say, remember we mentioned this wound is more like a blister that the camels get from uh, or donkeys get from uh, chafing. So I guess there's like the red area, and then there's like the blistery part. So is it over the whole wound where it's blistered and Red, or Dilma maybe it's just on the protruding part, like the blistery part where the real raw skin is, the real raw wound is. La Fuke Hadrana de Law, which is excluding the surrounds. Right, so, how much honey, how big an area are we saying when you're spreading this honey? And the Gemara says, Take or we leave it unresolved. Omar of Yudah, my Rav, Rav Yudah said in the name of Rav, Koma Shebora Kodesh Bohu, now, yeah. Now we're going to go on to a little bit of a, on the surface, a scientific discussion. Everything that Hashem created in the world, He created nothing for no reason. It says, Why did He create snails? It says, Look at it, to heal these, um, these blisters. Boros vuv. Tzira, he created flies for uh, wasp stings. Rashi explains you would crush the, the flies and make it into some sort of uh, refuah for wasp stings. Yatush, mosquitoes, lenachosh, to deal with snake bites. Menachash, snakes were created, lechafofis, to help cure boils. Vesamamis, and spiders, laakrov. To help with scorpion bites. Again, you would seem to make it into some sort of um, ointment and put it on the scorpion sting. Now, how did you make it? So, bring a, um, a black spider and a white spider. And cook them and smear it over the injury, over, over the scorpion sting. Okay, so all these things that Hashem created are for a reason. I think... Um, Obviously, yeah, the Marashah has got a whole big discussion about this piece and the coming up piece. And we're not going to have time to go into it. Um, but the point at hand, 
I think on the surface, we've got to remember that Hashem created this most amazing, wonderful world. And even though some things seem pointless, unnecessary, dangerous even, they all serve a purpose. But I'll just leave you with one question. If the purpose of a... If a purpose, if all these things were you needed one for the other because of a skin, a sting or a bite or whatever. So just don't create the dangerous animals. Don't create the snake. Don't create the spider. Uh, don't create the scorpion. And then you don't need the other animals. So obviously it's not a, it sounds simplistic, but obviously there's more to it than meets the eye. The sugya. Then he, we carry on says, Ton Rabbonin Chamisha. Amos, Hain, Amos, Chalash, Alagibor. There are five times that a small thing, a weak thing, places terror on a mighty thing. When are they? So, Amos, Mafgia, Ari, the terror of a Mafgia on a lion. Rashi explains a Mafgia as a, um, as this tiny little creature that has a huge, huge shout. So when it sees a lion approach, it's, it makes it shout. And the lion thinks it must be a huge animal there, so it runs away. When really it's just this tiny mafgia. I saw Ashkel bring from the Ben Yohoyoto that no, it's this little animal that has very sharp, long claws and uh, is very agile. And uh, if a lion attacks it, it can, uh, it can move fast and avoid the lion's claws. And it can uh, stab the lion in its head with its uh, with its sharp claws. So that's why that's this tiny creature that can scare a lion. And he brings that uh, nobles of his day used to sport by placing the lion to fight this little creature, this mafgia. Amos Yatu shall appeal and the terror of a mosquito on an elephant. Rashi explains because it can fly up its nose and there's nothing the elephant can do, so it's, it's afraid of it. And the fear of a spider on a scorpion. Again, he says similar, the spider can crawl into the scorpion and there's nothing the scorpion can do. And the fear of a swallow of an evil. And the fear of a kilbus, a tiny little sea creature over um, a giant sea creature, maybe a whale. Um, again, because it can crawl inside of it without the whale being able to do anything to defend itself. Okay, so those are the those are the five things that where there's a tiny little thing places great terror and fear on a large thing. Omar Omara, microbe. Where do we see this from the psukim? Hamavlik shod al He causes the weak to triumph over the powerful. So that's where that's this uh, lesson of these tiny little animals that can um, create great terror. I think on the surface, a lesson for us is that remember, every real power is with Hashem. It's not to do with your size. It's not to do with how many times you've been to gym. It's not to do with your financial status. Remember, real power is with Hashem. Hashem determines who's going to be the ultimate winner. I mean, we we're going through a big lesson. Well, with that at the moment, there's a tiny, tiny little virus, microscopic, and uh, look at the havoc, chaos, and destruction it's causing, and terror that it's causing in its past. So we have to remember that power is not in uh, physical, uh, it's not in the physical, it's in what, it's in Hashem's hands. Um,
Rabbi Zaira Eshkach le Rabbi Yehuda da Ave Koa Pitzcha de Bei Chamwa. Rabbi Zaira found Rabbi Yehuda who was by the entrance. He was standing by the entrance of his father-in-law's house. And he saw that he was extremely cheerful. And if he asked him any question in the world, he would answer him. I generally, I'm not sure if it's Rabbi Zaira was a little bit scared of Rav Yehuda, or, or generally you wouldn't have, or generally you wouldn't bother Rav Yehuda with such questions. But basically, these were. Obviously, there's all these questions that run through our mind and bother us, but we don't really want to bother our Rebbe or the Rav with asking them. But he saw, or the, but he saw that Rav Yehuda was in the right frame of mind. He was in a very uh, jovial mood, and you could go and ask him any question, and he would answer it. So he answered him a few questions. So he went and he asked him a few questions to do with. I mean, it sounds like nature and science, but he says, "Omarle." My time is a masculine beresh of Amri. He says, "Why do we find that the goats walk in front and the sheep walk behind?" And whenever you've got a herd of sheep and goats, the goats are in front. So shaloylam. It's like the creation of the world. The beresh chashucha vahara nuhura. At the head, darkness was created first, and then light. I vayhi erevayiboyker. It was night and then day, and that's why goats are generally darker. And therefore, they were they 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 more connected to that aspect of creation. My Why do you find that sheep have tails to cover their privates, whereas do- goats don't? So honey, the mechasinan minayu mechasian, vahani the loy mechasinan minayu megalinan. No. Um, sheep have the merit that we use their wool to cover ourselves as clothes. We make wool into clothes, whereas goats don't have that merit. So sheep have the merit of being covered. My gamla zuta Why do ta- camels have short tails? Mishum kise because they eat thorns, and if they had long tails, it would get stuck in the thorns. My taimatura aricha Why do oxen have long tails? Mishum the agmi because they live in the swamps of boy karkushe boki they need that long tail to swat away uh, mosquitoes or little little insects. My time the kamsa why are the antennas of a grasshopper soft, flexible? They live amongst willows. The and if they were firm, they would snap. And then the the locust, the grasshopper would go blind. The Omar Shmuel, I mind the boy Delisma, the Kamsa le Shluflune le Karne. He says Shmuel taught. I don't know if you want to blind a locust, break its or remove its antennas. It's obviously I'm not sure if this is scientific or not, but he's saying that the antennas of a locust are tied to its sight. Maybe they're. Their eyes are at the end of their antennas, and therefore, if you break it, it will be blind. So that's why they had to be flexible so that they don't break. My timer, hi, Timra de Tanagulsa, Madli Leila. Why do we find by chicken, unlike all other animals, that the lower eyelid covers the upper eyelid? All other animals, all other creatures, I think it's the other way around, that your upper eyelid goes over your lower eyelid. Says the diary at Daphne, no, because they often stay in the rafters and smoke would rise up from the ground into the rafters and if they and it could blind them. So they have, I guess, the R, the shield of the R 
goes over the top so that the smoke doesn't go into the eye. Now, yeah, so that's his first few questions were to do with nature. The next set of questions are to do with, what's the word? etymology, the source of certain words. Um, so again, it's uh, Rabbi Zeyro asking Rabbi Yehuda when he found Rabbi Yehuda in a good mood and he could ask him all these questions. He says, Desha, where's the word door from? So, or threshold, Derech Shom, because you go in there. It's, a, it's an acronym for, the, for that. Darga, a ladder, is also Derech Gag, is the way to the roof, the way to the upper story. That's again an acronym. All of these words are going to be, we're going to bring the Aramaic word and then we're going to bring out what it's a contraction, what Hebrew words is it's a contraction of. It says, Matchulisa is the word for like spices or condiments. So he says, you ask, when will these ever be finished? And what Rashi explains, one of the explanations Rashi gives, which is I can relate to, is they, you only use a little bit of at a time and you don't use them at every meal. So they last a very long time. So you're always going into the fridge and you're pulling out a jar of uh, some spicy sauce and you're saying, when will this ever be finished? Because it's never, it seemed, they seem to last forever. So that's Matchalusa. Who is it? Yeah. Besa. What's the house is an acronym for? Bo Bo. Come and sit in it. Bixa. A small house, Bay Aksa is an acronym for a narrow house. Kufta, a mortar, Kofetov is turn it over and sit on it. Livni, bricks, Livne Boni for children of children. Bricks and a structure made out of bricks is very long lasting, very strong, so it will be for your children's children. That's the root of Livani for bricks. Hutza, thorn fence, Chatzitza. A thorn fence is not a real fence. It's more just a partition. Chatzpa, a water jug. Shechot said, Mayim in It's water from the river. So that's why it gets the name of a of a, of chatzpa. Kuza, a small jar. Kuzer, like this. When you want to ask someone for something, for a favor, you don't want to, or a little bit of food, you don't want to sound guilty. You don't, you don't want to sound greedy. So you say, uh, you ask for a kuzer. Kuzer, I want to, just a kuzer, just a little bit. Shut, shutisa, shutusa. Why is a myrtle called a... Uh, like sounds like a fool. So that's because at weddings it makes people look crazy and frenzied when they dance before it, dance with these myrtles at a wedding. That was, uh, we know the great mitzvah of the Masamah and Vakala and dancing and we see that the sages used to go all out um, and look like they were crazy when they were dancing to Masamah Chasen Vakala. Meshichla, Moshe Kule, a large wash basin is because everyone could wash in it. Meshichilsa, Mashikalsa. The word Meshichilsa is an acronym for a color would wash in, wash in it. A distinguished woman wouldn't go to this large wash basin where everyone they would just wash from the small, more distinguished one. Asisa, Chasirta. A mortar is connected to the word lacking because the main part of the mortar is the hollow, hollowed out missing middle part. Buchna, the pestle, boiva come and strike it. Levusha, clothes, lo busha, there's no shame. Right? She explains this. Levusha is your outer garments. So it doesn't matter what your vest and your undergarments, whether they tattered or look nice or not, because you've got this levusha that covers your shame. Glimmer, a coat, shenasa boka golem, it makes you like a golem. This coat we're talking about is like, not, not our coats, but more, you know, those coats that you just clip on around you, so it leaves the person with no form, because he, his arms and everything's in this coat, 
kind of like their cape coats. Um, and therefore, it's, um, that's why it's glimmer like goylam. Gulsa, goliv, oisiv. Gul says this fancy coat is because he reveals himself to sit. No one would sit on the ground or sit on the chair with their fancy coat. And therefore, they would always fold it up or take it off before they would sit down. Reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever seen someone in a kapota, how they sit. Before they sit, they like fold it up at the back. They whip it up so that when they're sitting down, they're not sitting on their kapota. So that's what uh, that's what's called a gulsa. It, it uncovers. Puria, a bed, sheparin veravinoleo, because uh, puravu takes place on it. Borzikna, an empty pit. Borzenoki, it's actually an acronym for this pit is clean, is empty, it's got nothing in. Sudra, this was a special scarf that Tamidei Chachomim were known to wear. Sod Hashem Lireov, it's a contraction of the secret of Hashem to his wise ones. I, they get a lot of wisdom. A panda, a pitchadan. I wasn't sure if a panda is a palace or an entrance hall to a palace. But here, everyone comes here. Everyone goes to the king's palace for judgment or for their pleas or to visit. And Ton Rabbonin Shloisha calls Manchem as Kinim Moisifing Vura. They're three things that as they grow older, they increase their strength. These are them. Dag, Venachash, Vachazir. A fish, a snake, and a pig. I, most things as they grow older, the more spiritual something is, the less physical it becomes with age. And these very, very physical things it actually turns, it's the other way around. We go on to the next point from the Mishnah. Oil, how much oil would be one liable for carrying on Shabbos? Even if it's a tiny little bit of oil enough to rub over a small limb. Now, Omri Devei Rebiyana, Shemen, how much oil is this? Kedai losuch ever katan shel katan. Ben Yuma. It's enough oil to rub over a small limb. Of a one-day-old child. I, Rashi, I think, says um, the one of the joints of a finger. So, of a newborn baby, we're speaking about a very small uh, size. That's a small limb and a little bit of oil. Yes, oh, you want me? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, that's, uh, um, that's, that's Rebiana's teaching. So again, what's he saying? It's not just a, when the Mishnah said a small limb, it's not just a small limb. It's a small limb of the smallest child, a child one day old. That's how much oil one, if one carries, they would be liable on Shabbos. We said oil enough to, um, to um, so enough to anoint a small limb, or a child one day Old it says my love aver cotton the godol aver godol shall cut and benuma. It must be this price. must be mean a small limb of an adult or the large limb of a katan. So Omri lechod veRibiana Ribiana will say to you lo hachika Omar. What it's saying here is shemen kedai losuch aver katan shall cut and benuma. That's what it means. Is the small limb of a child of a one day old child. Leimer katnai. Let's actually say this is a matlokes tenaim. I, is it a small limb of an adult or a small limb of a child? says, why? Um, Rabbi Shimon Ben says, enough oil to anoint a small limb of a, of a child one day old. 
of a one-day-old child. Rabbi Nason Oimer Kedai Losuch Ever Cotton. Rabbi Nason says no, it's just for a small lamb. My love, Bahakam Iflegiya must be. They argue the following: Rabbi Shimon Ben Elazar Savor Ever Cotton Shall Cotton. Rabbi Shimon Ben Elazar holds the small limb of a child, and Rabbi Nason Savor Ever Cotton the Godel. Oi, Ever Godel the Cotton, and Rabbi Nason holds. It must be referring to a small limb of an adult or a small or a or a or a large limb of a baby of a child. Aval ever cotton shall cotton ben law, but you wouldn't be liable for carrying enough oil to anoint a small limb of a small child of a of a of a one day old child. How do we get at that? Because Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar said both points. He said in his statement he said enough to to anoint to rub oil on. Aver uh, cotton for cotton ben yuma, and Rabbi Nelson said no, just the aver cotton. So it must be Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar is referring to the tiny amount of enough oil you would be higher for carrying on Shabbos enough oil to anoint a finger, a tiny little finger of a tiny little baby. And Rabbi Nelson would say no, a tiny little, a little finger, a small amount on an adult or a large amount, a larger limb of a of a baby. So Gemara says not necessarily. Don't learn it like that. The Kuriyama, Aver Cotton, the Cotton Benyuma, Law. What? Um, they all hold that it's as referring to the small. The, Sorry, sorry, one second. Yeah. Law, the Kuli Alma, Aver Cotton, the Cotton Benuma Law. Everyone, both those opinions, Rabbi Shimon Elazar and Rabbi Nason, hold you would not be liable for the small limb of a child. The Laser de Rabbi Yanai, and they don't hold for Rabbi Yanai. Rabbi Yanai said it's the small limb of a small child. We, we just said that both of those opinions must hold that it is a small limb of an adult. The Hacha Bahaka Mifligi and they argue in the following Rabbi Shimon Elazar Savar Aver Katan the God of Aver God of the Katan Ben Yuma Kiadadi Nidu. Rabbi Shimon Elazar holds the large limb, a small limb of an adult or a large limb of a child, of a baby, one day old baby, is the same amount for Rabbi Nosan Savar Aver Katan the God in Aver God of the Katan Ben Yuma Law. No, you would only be high of if it's enough oil to anoint. A small limb of an adult, but if it's the, a little bit, I guess a little bit less, that's enough to anoint, to rub on a small and a large limb of a small child, you would not be chayav. Okay, so my your law, how do we understand this at the end of the day? I do, is Rebbe Nos, is, is Rebbe to know him or not? So Toshma come in here to Tanya Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Omer. We have another brayso where Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar says Shemen kedai losuch aver katan shel katan ben yuma. Enough oil to anoint the small limb of a one-day-old child. I we see he's going like Rabbi Yanai, and when Rabbi Nosson comes and argues on that, he must be saying no, the small limb of an adult or the large limb of a one-day-old baby. Um, and that's when, so it actually turns out it is a machlokes tenoim according to this conclusion, and we'll leave it there for today.